Aloha coffee lovers and welcome to episode 3 of Tough Love and Coffee with Stacia Miller and C.T. McGee. Today we're podcasting from Peerview Coffee Company in Oceanside, California here in beautiful San Diego County and it is hot as fuck. We had to go like we were sitting outside and y'all I was uh, I'm gonna get a great tan today because it's like 100 degrees. I burst into flames so that's when Sage had to put me out and put me inside. <laughs> My phone almost burst into <laughs> it flames was so too. hot. All right um <laughs> All right, coffee lovers, we got a lot to cover today. Some of this information today that we're going to share with you may be very sensitive to some other people. Um, There's just, we kind of opened up Pandora's box with the last episode about body image. With each episode, you're going to be getting a glimpse more and more into our lives and why we are the women we are and why we have decided to become of the women empowerment empowerment movement Mm -hmm. Um, we have found our voice later in life and we hope to serve as a voice for those who maybe not have yet found their voice and we're hoping that the stories we share will ignite you to do something about any suffering that you've had in your life and and to create the better life that you're looking for absolutely so we're gonna do the best we can with the hour that we have so we're just gonna jump right into it Um, I'm gonna ask you a few questions coffee lovers have you or anyone you known ever wondered or asked Why do I procrastinate? Why aren't I happy and how can I be happy? Why do I lack confidence? And why do I have low self-esteem? How do I get myself into bad relationships and how can I change them? What can I do to feel better about my body, my looks or my life? And lastly, do you ask yourself, how do I love myself more? If you have, then today's episode is for you because today, we're talking about self-worth, Stacia. Okay, Are you ready? let's dive in. It's gonna be a tough one, but we're Here gonna we get. Go. We're gonna do it. Okay, we're gonna define self-worth. We're gonna educate you with some research that we found on self-worth. We're gonna enlighten you with our own personal experiences that impacted our self-worth. We're gonna explore some examples of low and high self-worth, and then we're gonna empower you with tips on how to build your own self-worth. Are you ready, Stacia? I am ready. Let's All do right. this. Coffee is served. I am sucking down my pumpkin pie latte. It's going right to my hips as we speak. Here we go. Number one, what is self-worth? Well, if you Google the definition, you'll find that self-worth is just another word for self-esteem. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that either. Um, so what's self-esteem? All right, self-esteem is defined as confidence in one's own worth or abilities. You might also see the word uh, self-respect used interchangeably. But I also found in doing some digging that self-worth means the opinion you have about yourself and the value you place on yourself. Personally, I like that definition. I do too. You do I too? Do, yes, it I do. It kind of speaks to Oh, more, absolutely. 100%. Makes it a little more clear. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. in an article on psychalive.org called The Importance of Self-Worth, uh, Dr. Lisa Firestone is quoted as saying, although self-worth is often used as a synonym for self-esteem, she believes that self-worth should be less about measuring yourself based on external actions and more about valuing your inherent worth as a person. In other words, self-worth is more about who you are, not about what you do. I love that. But what if you don't know who you are yet? What I don't that think mean? that any, I wonder if any of us know who we are. And I bet you people wonder that all the time. Yeah, don't, I mean, maybe not even know what. And sometimes maybe it's not really all about self-worth. It's just like maybe you're just trying to figure out where you want to live, where you want to work. 
um, what you what you just what you're looking for in life but it also could come down to the fact that you've never been taught or you've never had any positive experiences here's what I'm hearing if you're lost in any way, shape, or form, chances are you are lacking self-worth. Most likely. Right? I have to agree with they that. They just don't right. know that that's what it, it means. means. Yes. Okay. You okay, don't right? know. Right. All right. So we're going to go over 10 sources of low self-esteem. And we can thank Suzanne Lockman for this in her article, 10 sources of low self-esteem. Um, we're going to let you know that what happened as you grew up was not your fault. How many of us need to hear that? We, I think we not all need to fault. hear that. Yeah. In this Important. article, she talks about the infinite places from which low self-esteem originates. Infinite. That means low self-esteem is bred from all kinds of situations and all kinds of places in your life. Especially the history and primary caregiver relationships that shaped your opinion of yourself and how other external factors contribute, i.e. your parents. How you grew up. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, so we're going to list all 10. We're going to dive into them just a little bit, but we're going to let you know for this episode, we're going to especially touch upon two of these, maybe three. Number one, 10 sources. Number one, did you have disapproving authority figures in your life? In other words, if you grew up hearing that whatever you did wasn't good enough, Stacia, mm -hmm. how the heck are you supposed to grow into an adult with positive self-image? You can't. If you were constantly criticized, no matter what you did or how hard you tried, it really becomes difficult to feel confident and comfortable in your own skin later. Oh, absolutely. This is what I'm going to talk about later. Okay. Okay. Number two, what if you had uninvolved or preoccupied caregivers? In other words... Again, your parents. Your Again. parents. It's difficult to motivate yourself to want more, to strive for more, and to imagine that you even deserve more when your own, your own parents didn't pay attention. Mm. It's as if your greatest achievements weren't worth noticing. That actually That's, happened to me. Did, you did it. Yeah. Um, my high school graduation, no big party. My college graduation, my mom didn't even go. Really? Yeah. We can talk about that. Oh, my God. Number three, what if your authority figures in your life were in conflict? So, in other words, what if your parents constantly fought? What if they were constantly trying to make each other feel badly? Your children will absorb the negative emotions and the distressful situations that have been modeled for them. Sadly, right? that's how my own children grew up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sorry. This yeah. experience can also occur when one parent is deeply distraught or acts unpredictably around the child. That can lead to a lot of anxiety for that well, kid. Well, right? I think most of my kids have anxiety, unfortunately. I bet. Yeah. Okay, number four, number five, and number six all have to do with bullying as a source of low self-esteem. No surprise there. None. The difference between four, five, and six is one has to do with bullying when you have completely unsupported parents. One has to do with bullying when you have overly supported parents. And one has to do with bullying with uninvolved parents. What it means is this. If you've been bullying, if you've had the support of a relatively safe, responsive, aware family, you may have had a better chance of recovering and salvaging your self-esteem after being taunted and bullied as a child. But here's the issue. Sometimes kids feel really ashamed that they've been bullied. They do, and they don't tell anyone. And they don't tell anyone. Yes. Because... They might think that parents think that they can rise above it or it shouldn't right. bother them, right? right. Um, some kids might think, my parents don't even care if I'm bullied at home. Um, and they're they're let down. There's no one to advocate for right. them. Exactly. So we can go on and on about that in another episode. But bullying is a big source of low self-esteem, you know, especially in your kids, right? Number seven, 
What if you have academic challenges but no one to support you? So let's say there's nothing like feeling stupid to create low self-esteem. If you feel like you didn't understand what was happening in school, or if you found that you're just constantly getting further and further behind with your, your schoolwork or your grades, but you didn't have anyone who noticed, or no one who seemed to care enough to step in and figure out what you needed to succeed, well then you will internalize the belief that you're just somehow defective. Like maybe you just are stupid, you're not even worth helping, Aww. you know? Um, that can make you feel terrible over time and, and feel ashamed. Oh sure, and then you, you're, you don't do well in school because you don't feel you can live up to the expectations. And that carries your, on into your work sure, life. Sure, right? exactly. You become an adult and you don't make positive decisions for your life because you don't feel that anyone's gonna listen to you or care. And people don't think you're just stupid anyways. Yeah. Number eight is a big one that we're going to touch upon today. Number eight, trauma is a source of low self-esteem. Physical, sexual, or emotional abuse may be the most striking and overt cause of low self-esteem, she says. Mm. Being forced into a physical and emotional position against your will can make it very hard to like the world, to trust yourself, to trust others, and that all profoundly impacts your self-esteem. Yes. Um, it may even feel like it's your fault when Absolutely. it couldn't be any less your fault, but you start getting manipulated in the process. We're just like, well, if I'm being abused, I must ask for it. It must be my fault. That is exactly how you, you feel. Know? Um, so we're going to touch upon that today. Number nine, belief systems. Oh, <laughs> When your own religious belief system, i.e. your church, right? Yeah. Or your religious affiliation, your religion puts you in a position of feeling as if you are perpetually sinning. Well, how the heck are you supposed to feel good about yourself when you feel like the, your own church or your own God disapproves of you? You know, that can evoke feelings of shame, guilt, self-loathing. Mm. It probably yeah. happens, right? I see that. Oh, I'm only going to touch that one right no, now. No, we'll um, stay out of religion. The last That's just one, a fact, people. It's not fact. our fact. Yep. It is a fact. Yep. Number 10, society and the media. We touched upon this when talking about body image. It's no secret that people in media are packaged and airbrushed into, at this point, unrealistic levels of beauty and thinness. Absolutely. It's such an epidemic that's only getting worse. Everyone feels they can't measure up to what's out there, or I should say most people, men and women. Maybe the seeds of your low self-esteem were sown at home, but now society and media are jumping on the bandwagon and they're making the imperfections so immediately accessible that there's no relief from feeling inadequate. Yeah, there's nowhere to it's go. It's in your face yes. all the time. So yes. you're getting it at home, you're getting it from a spouse, now you're you're getting it from your family, now you're getting it from society and media. It's like, how do you not where feel do like you go? the world's against you? Right, where you go? That must really nowhere. suck. Yeah. All right, oh my so gosh, I can imagine. Those are 10 sources of low self-esteem. Let that sink in for a minute, okay? Ooh. Now, we're gonna go over those are the sources. What if you still don't know? What if you still don't know if you lack self-worth? Maybe you don't know, you're suffering, but you don't even know why or how. Maybe that still doesn't resonate with you, because yeah. maybe you're in denial. Oh, yeah, well, I think most people that have right? low self-worth are in denial. For sure. Absolutely. All right, so in an article that we found by Dr. Bernie Sewell, S-E-W-E-L-L, -L, mm -hmm. he writes an article called The 69 Most Common Signs of Low Self-Worth. In this article, he identifies four main symptoms for lack of self-worth. So if you exhibit any of these symptoms, 
chances are you are exhibiting, demonstrating signs of self-worth whether you know it or not. Right. So I'm going to tell you those four main symptoms and then Stacia is going to go into some signs that demonstrate or exemplify these symptoms. Number one, you don't think you're good enough. Yep. Absolutely. Number two, you don't believe in yourself. Yep. Number three, you seek approval from other people. And number four, you compare yourself to others. Those are all signs or symptoms of suffering from lack of self-worth. We're going to dig a little deeper. All right, let's dig. All right, under number one, you generally don't feel good enough. Give me some signs of that, Stacia. Oh, there's, to there's so many. And I, we could be all day, CT, going through all of these because I think that both of us have... Um, we have signs of these, yeah, absolutely. How about you criticize and judge yourself regularly? You don't need anyone else if you're doing it yourself. Yeah, no. You can do it better than anybody, and right? No one needs to help you. No. Absolutely not. How about you feel ashamed of yourself? Mm. Yeah, do, do you have any thoughts of shame for anything, for any reason? Um, you feel uncomfortable with too much attention. Raise your hand. Amen. I'm telling time. you right now. Just, I would, re just don't even look my way. Or you are unsure how to react to praise. Mm -hmm. Again, someone compliments you, right? And you know um, what to say? What happens when someone compliments you? Um, what goes I, through your mind? Um, I try to find ways to... Deflect it? To, yeah, to be like, oh, well, thank you, but I had help. Or thank you, or I copied that from someone, or... I say, I mean, I always photo say filters. Things, when yeah, people say, you look so young. I'm like, photo filter. Oh, oh, Here's yeah. the app. You do know you can erase your lines <laughs> right. now, right? <laughs> but any kind of compliment, any kind of praise. Um, because I have been told in my life that um, I have heard I love you so many times that wasn't backed up. Or you are such a good mom, but then, but if you would only do this this way. So you heard. So I heard the praise. Then you heard the but. But then I heard the but. And then you so only heard. I do it myself. On the part. Right. So now I hear the praise and I say thank you, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do the negative back talk, right? Mm -hmm. The one I that. like is that you're prone to stomach and bowel upsets. Oh. This started for me in my 20s. Um, didn't know that I was suffering from anxiety and why I was suffering from anxiety, but we're going to talk about it today. So that manifested into having yep. a, um, physical, physical man issues, physical symptoms. Who yeah. knew yeah. that what you thought, what you felt can oh, actually sure. have an effect on your, your body. Mind can definitely I didn't need have a car accident. I was doing it to myself, <laughs> you know, what else? Um, you tend to sabotage yourself because you subconsciously believe you do not deserve happiness. Mm. Um, it took me a long time a lot of self-sabotage to realize that I fucking do deserve to be happy in my mm. life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What else we got? One thing I always found interesting was that you struggle financially. Because yes. deep down you don't feel like you deserve an abundant free... I still do. Uh, abundant worry-free life. So maybe you don't go for bigger jobs no. and worth more money. You feel like, oh, I, I, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. Right. And you know what? Maybe in the end, uh, I don't belong in that big right. house. Right. You know, it's... Not for yeah. me anyways, no. when really you just don't feel like you deserve it, maybe. No, absolutely. You're self-sabotaging all yes. the time. Absolutely. What, one more thing I want to talk okay. about are your hoarders. Oh. You buy things yeah. you don't need and you fill your house with clutter. Yeah. That's a sign? Yes. Have you ever washed the hoarders? 
show because it's they, too much. The ther- they have therapists I just want to clean when I watch that show. I, I do feel better about my house when I watch <laughs> those shows. Exactly. But I feel bad for those people. They live in filth. But the, they will, at the end of the show, they dive into the reason why. why. Yeah. yeah, they have a therapist come yep, in and they work sure. with the person and they, they really find some underlying it's issues. A real, it's really a physical picture of their mental image it in their head. Like that clutter is in their head. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and, and it's manifesting yes. outwardly mm-hmm. in clutter. All right, number two. So those are a few signs and symptoms of the first um, sign of or category of low self-worth. Number two, you don't believe in yourself and you distrust your abilities. What mm-hmm. are signs of not believing in yourself? Well, one of the biggest signs I think that is um, with this with number two is you value other people's views and opinions more than your own. Mm-hmm. And you consider them more important than, than than your own decision. Do you know, I've, I I know some people who can't make a damn decision to save their life. They're yeah. constantly asking a million people, what do right. they think? What should I do? What should I do? What and it, I, yeah. it only just paralyzes them more. Yeah, then they just don't Then do they don't know which person to listen to. No. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I know some of those it's kind of people so too. exhausting. Yeah. You know that they're suffering. Yeah, they exhaust you. They yeah. must be exhausted. They must I'm exhausted. be exhausted, yeah. You tend to procrastinate because deep inside you feel that once you start, you will fail. Big one. Yes, I have procrastinated. I, I'm, I put the pro in procrastinate. Okay. Yeah, so well, excuse we'll just... me. Well, <laughs> you can have that one. Yes, let me just uh, <laughs> flip my hair here for that one. I, uh, I will have, readily admit that. If we have time in today's podcast, I'll share a story about this graduate student I was working with this week who you know, had a falling out with her partner for a presentation that they were doing at a conference. Um, where she kind of got nailed on her lack of time management and she's like I want to do better my time management I don't know how to change it the more we peeled back the layers and found I found out she just suffered from lack of self-worth she didn't feel good enough so it was almost like she thought of every other excuse yeah. Not to get the project done, or not even to show up on time. I've done that before yeah. in my life. Yeah. So, yes, I have. So I can I understand where she's coming from. Okay. How about you always expect the worst, so you won't be disappointed when you there don't you succeed. Yeah. Well, I still do that to this day. Give me an example. Of yeah. That. This. Well, I started a blog. Okay. The Anastasia Project. Okay. And I was gung ho, and mm-hmm. didn't seem like I was getting a lot of involvement with it. So I said, "Fuck it." Okay, you just gave up. I gave up writing and it. Yeah, I just was like, because eh. it doesn't matter. No one's gonna no, read no it. No one's reading it. I, so resonate. apparently, I don't really have enough. I don't matter to say. What right? I, what yeah, do I have to say? say? Right. Other this people. Podcast. There's more important people who can yeah. say this better than oh, me. Oh sure. Yeah. Right? Exactly. This podcast. Same thing. Thought about it and thought about it for. It's probably been about two years. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Year and a half to two years and. Who's going to listen? No, Who's gonna no one cares what I have to say. Right. But I finally said, you know, fucking on that. But I'm going to do, do it anyway because... And I showed I, up. That's right. So <laughs> CT is, is, taking it, is taking one for the team here, drinking her pumpkin pie latte and feeling like it's all in her middle for some reason. I don't know. Okay. Okay. You avoid situations that take you out of your comfort zone. This, mm. again, the this podcast is extremely out of my comfort zone. I do not like attention. I don't want any attention on me. I would rather... I'm an introvert wasn't always an introvert we'll discuss that came from trauma mm-hmm. um but now i would rather just sit in a corner mm-hmm. and so this is taking me way out of my comfort zone we're doing it we're completely doing out it. of my comfort zone all right the third symptom of lack of self-worth you need external approval to feel good about yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i can relate to a few of these Um, Mainly, you often feel criticized and get defensive or upset when someone doesn't approve of you or your work. Yep. 
I so you can't even hear good positive or any feedback because you just assume it's the criticism worst. was criticism. It didn't mm-hmm. matter that it was constructive and good for me. You heard it I was were bad, just, right? You, you, you suck or you screwed right. up or and not then good enough. Go back to your desk and think, well, I'm, I'm not doing a good job, so I'm, I'm just going to continue to not do a good job, yep. right? Yep. You Thank tend you. to justify your actions, thoughts, and feelings, i.e., you are defensive, mm-hmm. right? So, so many people yep, like that. You get defensive with everything that everyone tells you, mm-hmm. or how about? You often feel unloved and uncared for. No one loves yeah, me. Yeah, no, no one, one really, really cares. cares. No. I have to say. No one cares if I get up today. No one cares if I show up to that party. No one cares what I think. That's right. So They're going to make decisions without mm-hmm. me. That's right. Oh my gosh. So much hair. There's a lot. We could really just be here all day on these. Huh? All right, here's the fourth <laughs> symptom that you too may lack self-worth. Mm-hmm. You compare yourself to other people. Wow. Big one. Wow. And again, this goes back to, you know... Um, we talked about it with social media. It's right in your face every minute of your day, and you are comparing yourself to all of these people. It has to stop. Mm-hmm. But here's something that I found interesting. You love gossip. Uh-huh. When what you, are they talking about? Yeah, when you gossip, what are you doing? You're talking shit about someone else, someone right? Does that make you feel good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel great that that person oh, so is not- whatever I say about them. And because hey, it means that I don't. I'm not the only one that sucks. They do too. That's right. They screwed mm-hmm. up, or look what's going on with them, or look at the drama happening in their life. See, they're not so perfect. Their lives aren't perfect. It's a lot yep. of people deflect do that your have, shit mm-hmm. onto someone else. Yep. Yes. Yep. And this is part of gossip. Hearing about other people's struggles and misfortunes makes you feel better about yourself, right? Some people love that shit. That's right. They, they want to hear yeah. what else went down with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Oh, did you hear he's leaving her or he yes. left her for another woman. And See? boy, uh, come like, over here. I have some juicy stuff to tell you yeah. about this person, yeah. right? Yeah. And again, part of gossip. You tend to criticize and judge other people to demonstrate that you are better than they are. Isn't that why you start gossip? Mm-hmm. So basically... When you're gossiping, it's not really about the other person at all. No. It's about, it's more of a reflection on you. It's just all you. What's going on with you? You know, I had an experience at work where I heard that there was shit talking, been talking about me. And the funny thing is they weren't talking about like me personally, about what I looked like or what I did. It was, they were, they were talking about my work. And what's funny is I did really good work and yet they were still and I say this because I was given praise by right. supervisors, the company, whatever. But there were a couple people talking shit about they it. They were uncomfortable about. They were the uncomfortable fact about my successes. Yes. So it was like, what is she doing now? And look right. at her. And right. blah blah blah. Look at all the attention she's getting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Blah, blah, blah. And it was like it was a bad thing. And it was. And I. And at first, it it, it hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. And. Because I consider the source. And I had to consider my source yeah. and the fact that people were saying, well, they're just jealous. And I was laughing like, jealous. Remember no one's what ever, I said to you about the haters? <laughs> no one's ever <laughs> been jealous of me, though. You're you like, know? oh, I have haters. I'm like, girl, you, you I'm doing something that, right. right um, those haters. Right? Bring them in. Bring them in. I, but I was just more haters. like, no one's ever been jealous of me before. And like, why can't they be jealous of like my six-pack abs, you know? <laughs> right. And then I was like, oh, I don't, have, I don't have six-pack abs. Get me jealous of that. Oh my God. So uh, let's talk about our work. I'm like, yes. and I start thinking about it. And like other people chimed in, you know, people came to support me. Like, if that's the worst that they're saying yes. about you, is that you're doing a great job, well, then so be it. It's more about them, not me. Mm-hmm. So I have to block them out and just keep doing my job. They are the ones and, uh, who do not feel good enough about themselves. Yep. Yep. There you go. That's right. right. So, so also, I just want to mention, CT, before yeah. we stop this, that in Bernie's article, there's a link you can. A link so that you can take a test. 
to find out about if you have low self-worth. I highly recommend it. I haven't done it, but I'm going to. Um, I'm pretty sure I have low self-worth most of the time, which it, is a horrible and thing. And again, but it's, it's not to criticize, to judge, it's to create awareness. Awareness, yeah. Because yeah. If, say you're having trouble in other areas of your life and you don't know it stems from lack of self-worth. Right. It's not, having a lack of self-worth does not mean you suck. It just means here's an area an opportunity for you to love yourself more exactly and how to do that that's all it means you can't right. solve a problem you can't fix anything without first knowing that there is a problem right or you know and you might be in denial because you think somehow you know you're less of a person if you lack self-worth let me tell you everyone lacks self-worth at some point oh, at in some, some time in some area of your life it might be ongoing but having that awareness then you can work on it yeah, right absolutely so, so don't take to heart what we're saying that if you lack self-worth you know you have low self-esteem you suck it oh, just no. means like oh yeah you need to love yourself more and let us help you we can we, we can try you. i mean i just admitted that i have low self-worth most of the time but a lot of it is just again it's just it's in your head you know, it's what we, you have. It's what you have gone through in your life, and you can. I promise you, you can work through it. What we're saying is that the people that you surrounded yourself with, or that were in your circle, whether you invited them or not, uh, especially if you're young, the experiences you had, they all conditioned your beliefs, your behaviors, your responses, and if you can learn negative self-talk and negative responses and negative beliefs and you can also learn positive right you just have to be first be aware of it second be shown how but you can recondition your thinking absolutely whether on your own through listening to podcasts or seeking professional help it's all good so now we're going to get to that portion okay. where we talk about our own personal experiences okay and maybe there's a listener out there that can relate to one of our stories I'm sure okay. there is. So I want you to know, listeners, that it's taken a lot of courage for us to talk about our past. It has taken decades for me to say some of the things I want to say out loud. Um, I hope you listen to it thoroughly and to the end because for me at least, there is a, a rainbow at the end. There is a silver lining in it. And I have found closure um, for my experiences. So um, when we talked about the 10 sources of uh, low self-esteem, the ones that resonated with me were the ones that had to do with authority figures. Okay. Um, the first one was disapproving authority figures, a disapproving or very critical parent. I also resonated, um, related to authority figures and conflicts. My parents were always fighting. Okay. And then lastly, trauma. For me in the form, and I'm going to say it, emotional, psychological abuse. And I'm going to tell you right now, it has taken me decades to say those words because I didn't want to believe it, I didn't want to see it, and, and I felt horrible saying anything about my parents because that's just not how I was raised. Right. And I, I want to say this up front, I am not bad-mouthing my parents. We grew up in a very different time where tough love was how you raised your kids. And and I'm gonna further explain that I come from a, a biracial marriage, multi, or bicultural childhood, where that definitely affected how I was raised and how I thought about myself. Because your cultures were not, the cultures cultural were different. difference, Cultures right? are different. When, especially if you are a child of an immigrant, especially if you're a child of a, you know, post-Vietnam era, like it, it was just a different way. Mm -hmm. um, so for me personally, I'm gonna speak upon the fact that I had a Filipino mom. 
I don't, I can't speak about other moms. I can only speak about Filipino moms. And from what I gather and talking to other Filipinos, a lot of Filipino women are the same way. A lot of Filipino moms are the same way. Having said that, doesn't mean they are, but I've talked to a lot of Filipino daughters who have very tough Filipino moms. Okay. So here we go. Um, when I grew up, my mother was pretty rough on me. She only said, I love you and only showed affection, maybe around the holidays. She said that's how it was. Oh, so that's her culture. She explained, like, hey, don't take it personally. Like, this is how it is my culture. Okay. But you're a kid. Like, oh, I want more than that, right? right? Um, she didn't compliment me. She was harder on me, even, than my own brothers. She taught me that boys did boy things, but girls did girl things. Hmm. That's how it was in her culture. Okay. Um, so there were definite um, roles between yes. boys and girls. So that was one thing. Okay. Um, I wasn't allowed to date. Really? Um, I didn't always get to play the sports I wanted. I didn't get to socialize. I didn't get to go to parties. I didn't get to go to many games. I didn't have sleepovers. I didn't get you to didn't make have sleepovers. Friends. No. I didn't go to prom. Oh, that was my childhood life. No. If I didn't go to sleepovers, no. if I couldn't go to one, I was like literally traumatized. I just heard over the course of my lifetime phrases like whatever you do you can do better. Oh. Um, I constantly heard that what I did was not good enough. Um, she was always picking on me, picking me apart whether about my looks, whether I gained too much weight, whether I got too skinny, um, whether I was flat chested or not. Even I was, the one thing I knew I had was I was smart. Mm -hmm. And how do I know that? Because everyone said it and I had grades to prove it. Well then that wasn't even good. If now that I, she knew I was smart, then she had more expectations of me. Oh. Which she'd say, you know, you're so, you're so book smart, but you have no common sense. And like everything she said was said with such hatred. Like she really? was just mad all the time. And I couldn't figure it out. And my whole childhood, you know, people say, might ask, you know, did you, did you hate your mom? She was so mean to you. And it's not that I hated her. I literally was just in fear all the time. Okay. Like, I didn't realize how often I held my breath around her. I was so afraid of poking the bear. I was so afraid, like, what is she going to say this time? What is she going to yell at me about this time? And it was always yelling, never a soft voice. It was yelling at me about something. Um, I remember I won the Lions Club scholarship in our hometown. It was the biggest scholarship in town. It was worth $6,000. Wow. And I remember being so proud of, thank you. I was so proud of myself. I ran to the door when she was coming home with groceries and I told her, mom, look, I won blah, blah, blah. And she goes, that's it. What? That's it? That's all you got? I thought it'd be more than that. Wow. I no longer felt good about it. Oh, it wasn't well, enough. How could you? Exactly. Um, here's another thing. My mom didn't know the difference between confidence and cocky. Okay. So, I didn't know. She raised me to be very humble. She taught me that if someone says something nice about you, they're actually saying shit about you behind your back. Oh. She actually said <laughs> oh that. And then if you said anything positive about yourself. Oh, do that you, hear you were what? bragging oh, about yourself. Yes, you're bragging. Yeah. Do you hear what you sound? You sound so ugly. Mm. It just immediately like, was one extreme or another. And so... I wasn't allowed to accept a compliment. I wasn't allowed to compliment myself. Lord knows she never complimented me on anything. So I just constantly felt like shit about myself. Oh my God. Um, I found out that those were the things that she experienced when she first came to the United States. Oh, that, that makes sense. She was Filipino. Mm -hmm. She's still struggling with the language. Obviously, we didn't fit in like everyone else. I'm from, you know, preppy, predominantly white, you know, Caucasian, uh, Connecticut, you know. Um, 
we got very tan and brown um, as Filipinos, we stuck out. Yeah. Um, and remember, this is post-Vietnam, where some people were still reeling about that sure. war. Some people didn't know what we were. What are you? Right. You know, are you Viet Cong? Are you the enemy? Like, right. so we actually entered like in fear all the time. You know, my parents, my dad actually got in a lot of fights, like getting beat because up. Because he married a Filipino, married a Filipino woman. brought her home. Wow. Yep. Um, so my mom was really hard on me. Like even in my twenties, if she found out I went to a bar, she'd be like, "Shut! You went to a bar? You know what that means? Like oh, you're right. a whore." Yeah. Right? I'm like, well, I don't think my brothers will let me be a whore, but my brothers were allowed to go to the bars. Sure. Like, what do you think well, I'm guys doing? went to bars, right? You know? Yeah. But yeah, guys went to bars, but not girls. Um, so I was just not allowed to have fun. She was so much more worried about me. She watched the commercials, teenage pregnancy, drug abuse, alcoholic, getting into jail, getting into trouble. Mm -hmm. She would say, I did not come, you know, thousands of miles away. Oh, she gave you the guilt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did not come this far for you to fuck up you know okay she didn't say fuck up but she she's like i didn't come all this way for you to screw up you will succeed you will take care of us there was all that pressure of what oh. she expected of me okay to take care of her she made all these sacrifices what am i going to do yeah. for her and um well what happened was i i never had fun i didn't know how to have fun I didn't know how to socialize. I felt awkward. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt just so ostracized and my mom didn't help. And when you're a kid, you just want to get along with everybody. You want to be accepted. You want to be like everyone. But how can you when my mom was holding me hostage right. all the time? And that just further made me think that, well, everyone else must be thinking the same way. Fast forward 20 years later at our uh, high school reunion, I found out there were all these boys that had a crush on me. I had no idea because I didn't even know how to look at boys. I didn't know how to talk to boys. And word had it that they knew that I was on lockdown, that there was no way you're going to get me out of the house, that that's how it was. My mom wasn't going to let me out, so they didn't even pursue me because they knew that they were going to get rejected. But in the meantime, I just thought, you know. But you, didn't, you thought nobody liked you. I thought I wasn't good right. enough for anybody, so right. why would I think that, you know? Right. Um, and so all the while, though, every time she put me down, my dad looked the other way. Like, my dad didn't say anything. Really? He didn't back me up. He didn't say, hey, hey, hey. Like, she's a good kid. So he kid. didn't help you out. He didn't help me out. So I was just like, what is this? Why is Aww. she so hard on me? Yeah. You know, I was, you know, should we say she loves me? No one loves you more than your own mother. And you'll see when you're a mother someday. Mm -hmm. Well, I just was like, well, fuck. I know other moms who love their daughters, but they didn't talk to her like she was the enemy. Yeah. Like, my mom was always mad. She was always yelling. She was always criticized. She was always picking me apart. There was no time to feel good. Right. When was I supposed to feel good about myself? Aww. So oh, here's here's what it did. It made me not want to be a mother. Really? So it is one of the biggest reasons. Yeah. It is one of the future. biggest reasons why I don't want to have children. Because I was like, what if I ended up like mm -hmm. her? And no. It was another big reason why I hung out with my grandparents more. Okay. Because in their home, it was a lot more peaceful. It was a lot more loving and kind. And my grandmother was always pushing what I can do. Okay. My mom was always pushing what I can't do. And she thought... But so you had conflicting things yes, going on. I was so confused. Yeah. She, her way of raising us was with negative reinforcement, not positive reinforcement. Okay. The other thing was, growing up, my mom, I mean like a broken record, 
It was like, you don't know how lucky you have it here. I grew up, we had no running water, we had no electricity, mm -hmm. we had to beat our clothes against the rocks to wash our clothes. Yeah. We had to fish for freaking food mm -hmm. in the sea. Look, Ooh. there's like 29 yeah. different cereals in the freaking Now you have a supermarket, style. right? You know, now to wash the clothes, you just gotta press a button. I don't wanna hear any complaining, no crying, you should be grateful. So the whole time she was just nailing us with, be grateful, be grateful, look what I did for you, so you didn't have to live that life. So what I heard was, she was unhappy, she had a sucky life, I felt guilty about it. How could I possibly be happy when she wasn't? Mm -hmm. It made me feel bad. Right. So I honestly, it took me a long time to admit I wasn't happy, because I was ashamed that I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't know how to be happy. What was there to be happy about? Right. That I should be, I'm happy to live in the United States. Okay, I got that. Right. But I was still getting beat up for it. Right. You know? Fast forward. Sometime, there's a train going by. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sometime before 21, I found out where this was all coming from. Having said that, mm -hmm. it still took another 20 years for me to wrap my head around it. Oh, sure. I found out from one of her loudmouth friends <laughs> why I think she is the way, how she was the way she was. I found out that I was not her first child. Oh, really? No. I found out that she had met, she had met my father when he was in the military. Mm -hmm. He was stationed in the Philippines during the Vietnam War. But before him, she met another guy. This other guy was in the army, and they had had a baby boy together. And they were going to get married. She was with him when he made the long-distance call by payphone to his parents somewhere in the Midwest. Wow. And she watched his face as he was telling the, his parents that he found love, they got a beautiful family, he's taken her to the United States, all nine yards. And his face just changed, and she said, what happened? He said... My parents said that if I, quote, bring home a third world peasant, that I will be disowned. Oh, no. Well, in my mother's language, my mom was still learning English, of course. Okay. She asked, what does disown mean? And when he explained what it meant, like, she was just horrified. Sure. In her culture, families, everything. Yeah. You don't disown your children. Wow. So he was like, don't worry, I'm still going to get married. We have this boy together, the whole nine yards. She goes, no, 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 no. I can't marry you now. I can't be the cause of why your parents disown you. Like, you'll resent me for the rest of your life. So she carried that all on her whole life, and then it reflected onto you. It gets worse. Okay. She walked away from the man she loved. Oh. So she didn't have any education. That was the other thing mm -hmm. that she highly valued was I had access to education, so there was no excuse for me to not do something with my life. Right. She only went up to the third grade. Right. So her highest station in life was to be a nanny or a housekeeper. Okay. So she found a job as a live-in housekeeper for this older couple who didn't have children. One day, she goes shopping to the grocery store, comes back, and the, when she returns, the woman is blocking the doorway to the home. And she says, Vasilisa, your services are no longer required here. And my mom was like, ugh, you know. Right. My contract is kind of like yeah. on its course, like she doesn't need me anymore. And she's like, okay, let me collect my things, let me collect my baby, and I'll be on our way. Because she was never having the baby by right. herself. And she goes, Vasilisa, look at you. You have nothing. You have no job. You have no money. You have no husband. You have no family. At this age, she was traveling, as you do at that age. Right, you kind of right. find your life. Went on. She had traveled far away from her family. You know, nothing to do with the family. She was just exploring the world. Right. 
and uh, knew she didn't want to live like that anymore. And she says, you have nothing. You don't have a home, you have no education, you have, no, you have nothing. How are you gonna take care of this boy? So all my mom heard was, you have nothing. Aww. You are nothing. You are not even good enough to be a mother. How are you going to survive? How is this baby gonna survive? So my mom being like 22-ish, 23, Ooh. said to herself, she's right. You know, Aww, you kind of don't no. go so against she left your elders. The baby. So she gathered her things and she had to leave the baby. That in of itself is traumatizing. Yes. Can you imagine how many times she must have woke up from a nightmare thing and be like, right. oh no, it's true. Like, so I have no she baby. carried that on she carried through that. her whole life. And that's how she met my dad. Yeah, okay. She met my dad at an off-base party. He was in the Air Force. Okay. And he literally saw her across the crowded room. He was getting punch from a punch bowl and he's spotting her across the room around women on a, on a couch and he talks to this guy he's like hey look at that one she looks kind of cute and he goes oh man did you hear her story he's like what story he proceeds to tell her my dad gets all fired up my dad's from the Bronx okay he goes he makes a beeline over to her and sits down and calmly says my name is John and I heard about your story what do you mean that your child was to where I come from you don't take someone's baby he t she tells him the story and he goes, I'm going to help you. We're going to retrace your steps. We're going to go back to that village and we're going to get your baby back. Yeah. You know, I can imagine my mom feeling so down about sure. herself. Who doesn't want to help? Especially right. a man. He was stronger. Like, right. let's go do this. They go back. They're gone. Oh, no. The couple's gone. The baby's gone. Their house is empty. Uh, no one in the village will talk. To this day, Stacia... We don't know where the baby went. Really? We don't know where he's at. We don't know what his name is now. We don't oh, know if he's alive or dead. No. We don't know if he was sold. So here's what I'm getting at. Wow. That was what I was born into. Sure. So when my, my parents, mm -hmm. my dad was there for her. She fell in love with him. They lived together. They had me. They got married. Mm -hmm. But she was so traumatized mm -hmm. from that. And this is, again, Vietnam War. Right, right. I'm now a half, a mixed what they call mixed race. Yep. I'm half, half and half. I'm half white, half Filipino. In that culture, they look at Americans as better, oh, as superiors. Okay. So now I am half white. I have light eyes. I have light hair. I'm quote unquote worth something. Oh. And so my mom was so fearful based on the trauma that just happened. Yeah. What if my dad had a change of heart? Yeah. What if he stole me? Right. What if he took me to America and not her? What if he right. stole? Who knows? Right. So many things ran through her mind. So. Here's a little fact. On my birth certificate, she wouldn't put his name. Really? And she wouldn't put his last name on my name. So my name that I was born with is Sharon Ahant. Really? Her name is Basilisa Ahant. Under father, it says XXX unknown. Really? And he was right there. He had to agree to do it mm -hmm. to make her feel better and more safe. Right. And that kind of begins the journey yeah. of the story of my life, yeah. of lack of self-worth, yeah. identity, um, not feeling like you belong. I was born into trauma, and mm -hmm. in another episode, we're going to talk about something called, I believe it's called epigenetics, okay. where they say if you're born into trauma, how trauma can be passed on from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. yes. As a result of all that, absolutely. I have had fear of having children for yeah. so many reasons, but it took me a long time to still grapple with all of this and to 
understand and acknowledge it. Um, have you come to terms with it? I have come to terms with it. It, is, yeah. it was a big part of my move out here mm -hmm. to start over because I had been suffering in so many ways, but just didn't want to, didn't know how to talk about it. Right. Um, it is a big reason why I call myself CT. Okay. Because it acknowledges where I come from, Connecticut. Right. Um, when I hear the name Sharon, it's my old self. Oh. It's the part of me that allowed people to put me down. Right. It's the name that I was, quote unquote, kind of like abused with. Right. And didn't feel good about. So when you hear Sharon, you hear your mother. I hear my mother's mm -hmm. voice. It took me a long time to work that out, and I wanna, I wanna emphasize my family is not like that. My mom is not like that anymore. And over the last couple of years, she has slowly been acknowledging more and more her shame of, I have regrets about how I treated her. My mom was going, was having anxiety of her own. She was having trouble with my marriage with my dad. She was um, going through hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. She was grieving, and she was, she was um, traumatized. Yeah. Well. And and then it reflected on you. And so yeah. that's where I'm at today, and I understand now, um, and I, I have compassion for my mom, I forgive my mom, I love my mom, but now this is my journey in healing. That's the way to do it. That's right. the way to do it. So let's talk about... So now we realize that we might not have enough time to talk about other sources of um, low self-worth. We feel that um, talking about trauma, whether it's, you know, especially sexual abuse or domestic violence, we, d we think that that topic alone deserves its own episode. So in our next episode, we're going to delve more into Stacia's story um, as to how and why she suffered with low self-worth and why she's still in recovery phase. And we want, we want to take note of the fact that, you know, you can suffer from self-worth for the rest of your life, but it doesn't mean that you can't practice and work on That's it. That's right. So You're a work in progress your work entire in life. It, absolutely. And we think, you know, practice doesn't make perfect, but it does make progress. It makes progress. That's right. You shouldn't give up on yourself. No, never right? give up on yourself. We just want to stress that. We are not professional no. therapists no. or counselors or anything of that sort, but we want to... Um, share with you the experiences that we have gone through in our lives so that we can help someone understand you're not alone. There's a quote by Malala, and I can't say her last name, Samsa? Um, I don't know her last we're name. We're sorry if we're butchering your we're name. butchering her name, Malala. <laughs> she says, I raise my voice not so that I can shout, but so that those without a voice can be heard. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish here with our with this Tough Love and Coffee podcast. Um, I was I didn't have a voice growing up. I was told yeah. not to have a voice. Right, right. I was told to keep my mouth shut. You know, back then, you don't talk about what's going on in your mm -hmm. home, right? No, you don't. Um, and we, we don't talk, like, it was a cultural thing. So my mom would say, you know, we're not like the others in our no. families. I'm not like American moms. So mm -hmm. I got that loud and clear. But back then, we didn't talk about it. We didn't get therapy for it. We didn't kumbaya. Oh, no. You shove Nothing. it under the rug. You shove it under the rug. Yeah. You don't talk about right. it. You don't badmouth your family. No. And I want to emphasize, I'm not badmouthing my family. I am simply sharing a real and raw experience that I had growing up and why it shaped me into the woman I am today. Everyone now thinks I'm a strong, confident, outgoing person. I wasn't always this way. I suffered for decades. Until finally I got to the point where I'm tired of feeling this way about myself. I'm tired of 
having suffering from physical ailments because I held it in. I'm tired of thinking poorly about myself. I'm tired of not feeling loved or lovable. And so I decided to, when you talk about, mm -hmm. you know, you know, not being able to get out of your comfort zone. One thing I'm proud about is every year I did something to get out of my comfort zone. And I did this for years. So let's segue into a few different ways that you can increase your feelings of self-worth. Okay, let's do it. So Stephen Atchison, I think we're butchering everybody's name today. <laughs> we're on the <laughs> Jeez, roll. good Lord. He says that self-worth comes from within and you won't find it by having more money, having more friends, having a fancy car or a big house. Let me tell you, and this can be a whole other episode too, yeah. I had all of those things yeah. at one point in time and I was extremely unhappy, because, not because I had them, but because of other reasons, that those things did not make me happy. I needed what I was looking for, what I thought I was looking for was the money, the big house, I had car, you know, multiple cars in my garage, I, had, I could travel, but those things... I thought that they would make me happy. They did not, in the long run, make me happy. But, according to Stephen Atchison, there are things that you can do without having these things in your life that you can increase your self-worth. Number one is tell someone how much you appreciate them. Being able to be open and honest is great for your own self-worth, right? It makes you feel good about yourself. It's not the nasty, negative gossip. How about you turn that gossip around into talking to other people about how much you appreciate that person instead of talking about all their, their shit that you just might be jealous of, right? Do something for yourself every day. Every fucking day. What's something you do for yourself? I exercise every day for me. I have anxiety. Um, so, and sometimes depression. And I go through bouts of depression on and off. Sorry, they're grinding coffee. <laughs> I go through bouts of depression on and off throughout the, a year all the time. But an exercise is the one thing I can do for myself that brings me out of that uh, depression and relieves my anxiety. You know what, I'm, something I do, I buy myself fresh flowers. Oh, I love, yeah, sunflowers. I fill my house with sunflowers. Get my nails done. Yeah, exactly. Get my Any hair colored. Any of these things that you can do feel to good about feel yourself. good about yourself, right? Get rid of people who are dragging you down. Mm. And we're not saying you go out and kill them. Jesus. We're just saying stop hanging around them. If they are not making you feel good, they make you feel like shit, but you feel for some reason you need them around you. I got rid of an ex, I got rid of a guy because his drug use was bringing me down. Mm -hmm. I loved him. It wasn't like this overwhelming love, but I loved him and cared for him as a person, but his drug use was just too much for me to handle and made me feel like I just couldn't function because I was always focused on him and his drug mm -hmm. use, right? So, bye-bye. And okay, I'm just gonna say this right now. Take a chance and take a risk or two. You don't have long to live. You've only got one life. So stop putting, if you're putting the pro and procrastinate like I do, stop doing it. Take the risk, live your life. Do something that you really, really have been looking forward to doing, but you're afraid of doing it and do it. Get yourself out of that comfort zone. Feel good about yourself. Yeah, we can go on and on. We about could because there's tips. 29 of these, and we kind of we kind of touched upon a lot of things like 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 this in the last episode. Mm -hmm. and I, my biggest thing is to reduce, remove, and replace sources that trigger negative self-talk mm -hmm. or low self-worth. Whether Absolutely. it's like you mentioned the, the circle that you keep, yeah. social media, magazines, yeah. bad habits, 
I was talking to someone this week, and for every positive thing she said, she chased it with something negative. Like, you know. I do that too, though, CG. Concept, but people are not aware. It's, and it's I know. Aware. And no, this actually, talking about this with this podcast has made me, like, think about I really do do that. Because we can replay it. I, yeah. And here, did I just yeah, say that? I did, yeah. Um, recondition and reprogram your thinking. Try practicing uh, gratitude. Keep a journal. Write down every negative thought you hear yourself say, and then next mm -hmm. to it, chase it up with something positive. Again, get on YouTube. Um, look up daily affirmations. Hear them. Repeat them. Do guided meditations. Watch uh, TED Talks. All these things. Uh, replace the negative um, posts with more positive posts. Quotes that resonate with you. Right. right. Um, give yourself a compliment. Practicing thank you when someone gives you a compliment. Yes. Just practicing just, just two yeah. words. Thank, thank you. you. And then yep. nothing else. That's right. Um, and again, I can't stress enough. It's okay to admit that you need help. It's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to accept help. So seek someone that you can confide in. A friend, a family, maybe someone in your church. Or hire a professional, whether it's a coach, a licensed therapist, whoever. Someone who has your best interest, your health in mind. Okay? People who bring you higher. Um, Practicing daily affirmations. I can't say that enough. If you don't know how to write one, look one up. Oh, they're all over um, they're the all web. Over the place. And instead of instead of looking at everyone's social media posts and feeling shitty about yourself, go find something that tells you something positive about yourself. I do law of attraction. I love that on um, uh, Instagram. It's uh, I think it's just law of attraction. So you can find that account on there. And every day, for it. this woman post some really really amazing positive things that I that resonate with me and I share them on my um, and the more you stories. read them or say yes. them out loud the more you're a part of reprogramming yes. reconditioning your thinking. exactly okay um, another thing we're gonna end with some tough love are you oh, ready well I'm ready for that when you mentioned about getting out of your comfort zone one thing I like to add is um, the scariest things always turn out to be the best things they for do me. that's right and you don't you don't think about it when it's when you're so afraid you're focused on the failure right when people say I'm so outgoing I'm such a good public speaker I was terrified oh, I, yeah. you know the first thing I did I became when I became a fitness trainer and aerobic instructor that is initially what got me in front of a room of people sure and it wasn't until I was actually doing that that I realized what did I get myself into <laughs> You know, right? But the more I did it, because I had a, such a passion for health and fitness, mm -hmm. that I was able to put my passion above my fear. Very, I'm not yeah. saying it's easy. It's it took not. a lot of practice. No. But you know, there were a lot of supportive people out there. When people started getting mad because I quit a class because I had an injury or if I moved, people who were like loyal followers or loyal members of mine would be so upset. That's like that says something, right? That's it says a lot. But it here's your spoonful of tough love. Here it goes. We firmly believe that you can change your own life. Do not put it in someone else's hands. No, don't. No. You have the power. Do not let anyone else have power over you. So. Have power over yourself. I have, I have identified four C's. That's the letter C. Here are the words that resonate with me. Choice, mm -hmm. commitment, chance, and changes. I believe that you can transform your life by changing your thoughts. In order to do it, you must first make the choice that you want to transform your life. Right. You then need to make a commitment with yourself. That means noting that you are important, okay? Then you need to take a chance on making those changes. So first, you got to choose you. You have to decide right here, right now, that you are worth it. That you deserve to be happy and healthy. That you deserve to love and to be loved in the most positive manner. 
and that you are bigger than your past, your pain, your fears, and your doubts, and that you deserve to live the life that you know deep down you're meant to live. And I mean the life that you were meant to live before you experienced trauma or abuse or neglect or anything of that nature. Before any of those negative experiences or events that happen in your life, when you thought that anything was possible. We're here to remind you that it's still possible. You can turn your life around. At some point, we'll talk about transition and transformation. We are the queens of starting over. If we can do it, you can do it. That's right. But this won't happen if you don't choose you. Um, speaking of prioritizing, none of this will happen if you don't make a commitment to yourself. Commit to doing whatever's necessary to elevate your life and your well-being. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You might be afraid. That just means you're alive. Well, we're afraid of everything, of everything. something, right? So, but that's just holding chance. you back. That's right. And holding you in your past. You might take one step at a time, and you might go about it very slowly. But that's okay. Um, but it just won't happen if you don't take any chances. Um, you still might be in disbelief. You still might think that you know you can't be helped or that nothing's gonna work for you, but we're asking that you take a fucking chance on yourself, no matter how awkward or uncomfortable it might be. Nothing in life comes easy. Lastly, but definitely not least, your life won't change if you don't take action. Behind every positive action or change in your life are the shifts in attitude, accountability, beliefs, and the new actions you put in place. So for a positive change to happen, you gotta shift your attitude, your accountability, your beliefs, and your action. No one's going to do the work for you. You can get help, but ultimately, you're yes. doing the work. And if you do need help, please reach out. Reach out to someone that you love and trust and knows that's going to be a positive influence for you. Not someone that's just going to take your side, but someone who can really seriously help you. A therapist. Mm -hmm. You know, go... There's no shame in that game. And listen to your gut. You know yeah. some people you might, if you start questioning, can I tell this person that this thing, you know, chances are maybe not. Right. Yeah. Uh, but here's another thing. You know, your friends, true friends aren't the ones that just take your side. They're the ones that are going to tell you the real deal. Yeah. You might not want to hear it, but if they're willing to take a chance and tell you the truth, that's a good friend because they want more for you. Go get your tough love. Go get your spoonful yes. of tough love. We can only inspire, motivate, guide, and empower you so much. But in the end, it's all you, sister. So you just got to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? How much longer do you want to suffer or feel this way? How much longer do you want to get nailed for like your poor time management? Or for always thinking shitty thoughts about yourself? Or like no one can even compliment you because you always say something negative to negate their compliment. Guess what? People want to stop complimenting you, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. We just think that you are worth it all. We do. We In do. our next episode, we're going to dive more into trauma. We're going to talk about domestic violence. We might talk about sexual abuse. We'll yes. see what we have time for. But we appreciate you spending the day with us. We hope you learned something from this. And please, remember, you can always email us at toughloveandcoffee at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or Anything you might want to hear about it on a podcast, please reach out to us. Thank you. We to love to hear our, from you. And thank you to all our followers on Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate all the love. Um, I think it's a peace out. Yeah, here. peace out. Aloha. Aloha from San Diego.